had the most beautiful dream. We were together sitting in a tall forest. The wind was clean and the birds were singing the sweetest melodies. It was the perfect day and all I could think about was how much I wanted to cut you all open and climb inside your body so that we could stay one happy family. <laughs> Welcome to Creative Psychopaths, our horror movie podcast and the world's premier kitchen for horror sandwiches. But today, it's not a horror sandwich day. It's a bonus day. It's like it's like when they bring out a, an item of um, food that you don't normally get, like a curly fry or a chili cheese bite. Um, I, I'm Mark, and as always, it's Matthew. and we, we're, here, we're, we're here for bonus time. We're here for a bonus. We're, we're all filling today. Yeah, we're all filling. So get that bread out of here. No carbs for us. No carbs for us. Well, like I say, it's a special side dish. Maybe it's a a drink in a lovely commemorative um, cup or something. Um, I don't know. The sandwich shop getting out. One of those Coca Cola glass goblet special things they do. Yes, except this one's made of human flesh, uh, which is awful, but a horror drink nonetheless. So, obviously, by the title of this, you know we're going to be here to talk about Evil Dead Rise, which has pretty much literally just come out, and we both not literally seen it, but only saw it yesterday. And uh, we thought we'd come on, give you our thoughts, and we'll be we'll be film critics. Oh, aren't we clever? Clever proper film boys. critics this time. No, I unlikely. Well, not me anyway. Um. So let's let's dig straight into it then. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll jump in with with the, the usual, you know, details and synopsis. Uh, so uh, I'm just going to read from IMDb for this one. Uh, it's a twisted tale of two estranged sisters whose reunion is cut short by the rise of flesh possessing demons, thrusting them into a primal battle for survival as they face the most nightmarish version of family imaginable. Ooh. I think that sells it a bit short, really. Yeah. Uh, before we explain why, let's just uh, jump into the uh, the other details. So we've got the film that was written and directed by Lee Cronin. And it was off a $12 million budget. And at the time of uh, recording, I believe it's already grossed $10 million. So the fact that it's almost made back its production budget is a great sign. And for our cast, we have uh, Alyssa Sutherland, and she plays Ellie, uh, Lily Sullivan as Beth, Gabrielle uh, Eccles as Bridget, uh, Morgan Davies as Danny, and then 
Niall Fisher as Cassie, and they're the, the main family in question for the film. Yeah. So I think the best place to start with this one then is sort of Evil Dead as a whole. Okay. Because I think that it is a franchise that doesn't really concern itself with any lore, like rules, you know, even you know any previous story involved in it. You know, it's like it's all about other stuff. You know, it's all about yeah. The the first Evil Dead film came out. The second Evil Dead film is basically the same film again, uh, with a couple of the characters chopped out. And then the third film, it basically just throws its uh, ash back in time. Mm-hmm. So they've got, and then there was you know the reboot and then the TV series, which are completely different again. So you know the fact that this film comes out and it has all that space to play with, it it's really really great for it, right? But also, it has to follow exactly what Evil Dead is about, which is copious amounts of fake blood, like industrial amounts, like <laughs> drive a swimming pool up to your house amounts of fake blood. Uh, just a book that just possess, you know, brings demons from somewhere, don't matter where, don't really matter how it all works. Like the book Say the words demons come, they possess you. You don't need to know any more than that. No. And it's it's all fast and loose. And you know, it but it has to hit you know the these other marks, you know, the gore, the emotional manipulation of the demons, that's always a, a massive one, isn't it? And it has to have a chainsaw. <laughs> and this this hits every mark on that. It it, it feels unmistakably like an evil dead film. It does, yeah, very much so, yeah. Um, even even as much as um, I thought, despite the location being in like a sort of flat or whatever, they managed to turn it into that cabin somehow um, by sort of isolating them from any anywhere other than really where they were, which I thought was quite clever. Yeah, they I, they they do, like you said, you know, they they cut off. Uh, so, so it's the film set in this this tower box, isn't it? and there's an earthquake, which essentially serves to cut the. I think it's the top floor. I think, isn't it? Mm. Cut the top floor off from from the rest of it, which, like you said, it really does make it feel like that cabin again, just mm. with a different layout. Yeah. But what it also does, which I think is is really really good, is it gives you these people on this block of flats that round out the numbers on top of what we normally get, you know, when we get people in a cabin, just to go, these guys, they're fodder. We're going to kill these guys in a fun way. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So it it works twofold for that. So I think the location of it really is, it's very very interesting and they they pull it off really well in that that regard. As you would expect an Evil Dead movie to be. It was... um... It was clever, and um, what I also found about this film is that 
it there was no monkeying with continuity in this that everything got an explanation which i thought was quite clever as well there was no um like moments of hmm why did that happen it was all very you know this is why this is here this is why this is here this is why that happened so i thought it was all very uh all very clever all very well thought out and that's just in terms of like you know not horror well horror elements but in terms of just the filmmaking in general on that i i appreciate decent continuity um yeah which is you know like, like i said earlier it's not something that that necessarily has been focused on in the past has it with evil dead no no the, the remake certainly did didn't it i think maybe it's a case that more modern audiences demand that you know that, that things are spelt out a little bit more and that they're not as willing to just go along for a ride. Yeah, but, very yeah, much so. It, it does you know it does hold itself together and tell a, a story, you know, without really plot holes or you know any, any big problems like that. No, no, like for it I'm thinking things like, you know, like when a chainsaw shows up later, it's explained earlier on in the film why there happens to be that item around, you know. So I just I just found lots of those little things like, oh, they've, 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 they've thought this out enough for people to go, hey, where did that come from? And so Is it Schrodinger's, uh, not Schrodinger's, uh, Chekhov's tree surgery van? I guess so. Yeah, yeah. You can see, so. you see a tree surgery van. You know, there's going to be some sort of fast rotating blade coming around. Don't you? Chekhov's. It was sort of a wood chip. Wasn't it? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I I enjoyed. Yeah, I, but well, I sort of I basically enjoyed this movie. Um, I think it's fair to say to everyone we're going to go into spoilers, or at least I am. Um, there's bits about this that I wanted to talk about in terms of how I, I feel they sort of managed to mimic some of the um, original film without having to do that as well. Like, well, I'll, I'll I'll just say just to jump in then, just yeah, while on. we're still in our non-spoilery territory area, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm just going to highlight a couple of the performances as well. Uh, well, yeah, because we can do that without really having to uh, to spoil anything. So, uh, Alyssa Sutherland is the main one for me because she is the mother of the family mm. and also the the first one to be possessed. If you've seen the trailer, you know exactly who we're talking about, and she just goes for it in this one. Like she's quite possibly the most terrifying horror character I've seen in in possibly the last decade. You know, she Wow. She got the brief absolutely spot on. Mm. You know? Uh, uh for someone that you see so much of as well, you know, she has this wonderful way that she moves. You know, She's kind of got a limp and she's you know extremely spasmodic with you know how jerky she is when she moves. Yeah. And like these big wide eyes that she has. But then at the same time, you know, she has all this this stuff going on. The moments when she's 
she's really, really like, oh, damn, this this is scary now, is when she just stops still. And there are a few moments in this where she just grinds to a halt for various reasons as well. Right. And you just think, oh, some something something bad's going to happen now because it's like she's, I don't know. You kind of think that the characters feel like they've stopped her in her tracks, but she just looks angry or, but she, she doesn't look angry though. That's the thing. It's really hard to quantify it, but there's this terrifying stillness that she has and it's abrupt and ominous and it really just just got me on edge. The you know whenever she was she was on screen, demoning about. Yeah, it was it was well malevolent, really. Yeah, but it's a perfect word. Yeah, it just yeah malevolence just oozes out of her. Yeah, um, I, I mean, well, I'm with you. No, I, I I'm I'm with you to a degree. Personally, I thought it was a really well acted in terms of. You know, this is a scary character. I wasn't. I don't know. I guess I just didn't get exactly out of it what you did. What I did think, though, is that it felt like everybody who became a deadite in this, if if that's what you got, the brief. You know, like it sort of the the family moments weren't as um, weren't as good as when everyone started going a bit batshit, um, and then you know everybody's suitably creepy. Um. So, yeah, and yeah. I, I would would say the other the other actress that I'd like to to single out for praise as well is is young Nell Fisher who plays the the little girl in it. Mm. Uh, because she's another one who really knocks it out of the park. She's she's so innocent and she's a really lovely character, and you, you're really really desperate for her to to make it through this. Yeah, uh, does she? Well, well, you'll have to watch to find out. But she's yeah, do. she's a real sweetheart, and you you will love her. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, Should we talk some spoilers then? Break down some scenes we liked and whatnot. What What I wanted to sort of talk about, or at least think about, is um, when Ellie gets attack the first because she's obviously the first one to change and um it's this scene in the elevator where she's attacked by sort of like an unknown force and i thought even though it was completely different it was very reminiscent of the tree scene um, yeah from the original evil dead um and well like you say, there's no real sort of um, law or really anything about this. It does always feel like that first person's transformation has to be like sort of traumatic and extremely, well, the word is sort of, you know, rape-like really, isn't it? They're forced into um, a situation that they don't want to be into against against the yeah, will, basically. I think, yeah. I think they have dialed back this one and and the 2010 one didn't they from that which i think is a, is a smart move i don't think we need to go quite that, that extreme with it because you you still feel the effects it has the same without exactly it had that feeling about it it felt yeah. very um 
well, like I say, rape like really. It was so it was without any, you know, actual sexual thing about it. It was very uh really awful to really sort of hard to watch, actually. It was probably I thought the hardest watch. Um, yeah, uh, I mean it's the, the character just loses loses all control of her of her limbs, doesn't she? You know, she's she's literally tied up by these elevator cables and you know, and she is sort of spread sort of Vitruvian man like across yeah. th- this elevator and, and you you're right that it does it does link to those those thoughts of sexual violence. It does, and, and yeah. Like you say, it is is a really uncomfortable watch. And I would probably say, yeah, I completely agree with you. That it is the most difficult bit of the film to get through. I think this one is is less visceral than the 2010 version, which I think this this feels more of the spiritual successor to than than right. any of the others. Right. But it, you know, I thought. Uh, with the the twenty ten uh, twenty thirteen one, yeah, I remember the sort of the knives going across the kneecap and things like that, and really feeling all that. And there are fewer scenes with that, yeah. Uh, which I think is where it loses a couple of points. Yeah, but but this movie's got um, one of the things I specifically picked up on is. There are there are big, big sort of set pieces like we talk about with the elevator lift, whatever you want to talk about it. But there are moments in this film with true pain in them. Um, for example, um, at some point, someone's earring gets ripped out, and um, I think that's just that that same scene, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, yeah, it's the, the first thing that happens in the lift yeah it might be so yeah oh oh yeah of course yeah so but it's those like i've said before it's those little things it's like um when the girl is eating a wine glass it's very that yeah that was another one that that got yeah. me queasy cheese uh, grater on the leg you know it's, it's it's those things and it's like i've said a million times on the podcast before it's those things that you can have a frame of reference for that make you go oh no i didn't like that um you know, because the over-the-top blood and everything like that—that's what you're there for. That's the sort of oh, I'm all right with this. You know, that's that's kind of your reward, isn't it? Yeah, the, the big buckets of blood. Yeah, you know, it's, we're gonna we're gonna go silly with it after you've put yourself through the torture. Yeah, and this film doesn't shy away. I think from the silliness as well. There's a there's a there's a good bit of silliness about it. Yeah, um, there's there's a especially in the the final scene. There yeah. is. Uh, a very palpable sense of fun, mm. uh, which you know that, like, like we said, you know, it's it gets what Evil Dead's about, and that you know that is part of it. It's that you, you've got to you've got to revel in drenching people in red corn syrup, you know. Yeah, yeah. But by the end, the, everybody has to be completely head to toe caked in blood. That's how it, that's how it should be. It should be just huge fountains of blood all over the place, um, which you know it doesn't disappoint in, in, in that. Um, and that's like you say, that's the sort of payoff for getting through the sort of hmm, I wouldn't say harder to watch scenes, but um, the ones that make you go, "Ee, 
Um, but there are some, um, uh, there's a couple of decent scares as well. Um, one that really got me is um, when they tape up Bridget, I think it is. Um, and then they can hear Ellie in the roof, but you just they don't, there's no, no musical cue or anything like that, but you just catch her in the background, um, you know, walking sort of towards them. And that's, that's a good scene. Yeah. Um, and the, the scene where you can see her reflected in the window. Uh, yes. Yeah. I think, well, I think that's part of the same, the same scene, isn't it? Yes, yeah, it's all sort of, um, but they don't. There's it, it's sort of off on the corner of the frame, you know. Like I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't say it was one of those ones blink and you miss it sort of thing, but it was certainly, it's certainly. I, I, I like that sort of chilling in the in in the background, you know, sort of. Yeah, you know, that your main characters are looking towards where the noise is when really they should be checking behind them. It's that's good stuff. It's good horror stuff that. Well, should we should we talk just a couple of the uh, the problems that the film has, just while we're uh, yeah, you know, so so we're not entirely just completely singing its praises all the time. Yeah, uh, I would say that towards the the end of the film, I I did find it getting it, it's a it's a hard line to to draw. Uh, whereas you you want to you hit those series notes like we've spoken about, but you also don't want to retread what's gone before. And I did find it just getting a smidge uh, derivative towards that you know the last act. You know, in, cause if you think of the way that the the twenty ten film ended, there was a new demon uh, come out of hell, or essentially. And she's playing cat and mouse with it around the car. And then eventually, you know, it starts raining blood and she chainsaws the shit out of her and, uh, you know, roll credits. And this one kind of ends more or less the same way, doesn't it? Uh, While I I absolutely love, you know, that three-headed toxic family coming towards them and, and, uh, you know, really being at, a high point for for the end of the film, it did just feel you know we've, give give us something slightly different for this one uh, because you know it, it did feel like we've we've kind of had that before we've been served that dish. Yeah, um, the problems that I had it were exactly the same as yours. Although I I uh, like you said I quite enjoyed the three headed thing. There, there was a bit of nod towards it earlier on in the film that that might happen, or at least she talks about having them inside her or, you know, so they could all be together forever. So there's something it's there, but um, I think, yeah, the main issues that I had with it. And when I came out of the cinema, that was the problems that I was having with it was that it was getting a bit too noddy, Um, you know, especially, you know, shots of the chainsaw and a, and a shotgun that shows up and um, uh, the the main sort of woman whose name I've forgotten. Uh, Beth. Beth. Um, Our final girl. Yeah. Um, 
they try and make a two ash, I think. Especially there's that weird camera angle that he had in the first one where he's going out of his out of his squeed. Um it starts doing too much of that, I thought. Um it was starting to frustrate me because up until then it was following decent evil dead beats without without copying too much of anything, and then it started going. What do you think of all this? This stuff that you remember from the other films, and that that meant that was that was just the the only things that I didn't like about it. But it's I'm I'm only saying that because you know it can't be perfect, um, and those are the only things that really sort of bugged me about it. Yeah, um, I think for me as well, the the only other thing would be the that the scenes that bookend the film. Right, uh, yeah, yeah. Because they're, they're just very unnecessary, aren't they? They're, they're, they don't serve any purpose for, for for the story. They just, we need to kick off the film with a scare, so we put it in and then we, we tack on another scene at the end just to show how they got there, you know? And... I think yes, it was a game is on moment. Um because I know the well, direct they, the director's expressed interest in doing Well they set up the sequel, don't they, at, at the end of the film. Uh but uh yeah, it's I I just know that they had to have this this big opening scene, which is a you know, it's a pretty good scene. Uh but I just it did weigh on me throughout the film, sort of how it connected in, and then at the end of it, it was just, "Oh right, she she lives there too," <laughs> and that that's it, you know. And it's like, uh, yeah, you, I think you could have you could have cut it and not really lost anything from the film. I agree, I totally agree. It didn't it didn't need the starting, and it didn't need the um, it it didn't need that bit at the end. Um, no, it was all largely. Oh, I mean, they could have had the bit at the end and not the bit at the start. It wouldn't have it wouldn't made too much difference, really. Um, so, yeah, uh, but I mean, it's those are sort of small niggling matters, really, aren't they? In terms of in terms of a horror film, it's good. It's you know five mo- gonna... five movies deep, and Evil Dead's not produced a bad one yet. No, uh, and and that's also with a, a really great TV series there as well. Yeah, S- several video games uh, that I remember for the most part being very good. Uh, it's a long time since I played them, and I've still not got round to the new one yet. To my shame. Uh, and yeah, comic books as well. You know, I think Evil Dead is is a franchise. It just doesn't do duds, does it? It doesn't. It doesn't. But it always feels like they because they're not trying to churn it out. I I really feel like they go, oh, "We'll make it if we if we can see something worthwhile making in it." Um, yeah, I think Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell still exercise enough control, and they clearly care about it. That yeah, they, they won't allow that to happen, which is which is great. You know, it's. I will say with this one. Like we say, it was made on a twelve million dollar budget. It's already made ten million back, but we're not waiting a decade for another one. No, no, you're probably you know, right. We're we're getting a, an Evil Dead Risen before too long. I would expect. 
Yeah. And presumably that 10 million is domestic because everybody that I know on my letterbox has seen it this weekend. So, um, yeah, I believe it is. Yeah. Yeah. So it's bound to have made a really decent amount internationally. Um, so, yeah. Well, I don't have anything else that I really need to say about it. I suppose. I've got one that I've, I've not quite made my mind up on yet, but the uh, the Book of the Dead. I, I actually don't think they call it the Necronomicon in this. Right. I I think I love it, but also I'm not entirely sure because it's got a new look and it's, uh, it doesn't really have words. It, does, it just has these, these really sort of beautiful but very distressing artwork inside it. Yeah. Uh, so, tell listeners, tell me, tell me what you thought of the uh, the book in it, and and we'll see what we'll see what the consensus is. I thought that the film suggested that there was three books of the dead, and this was not necessarily the Necronomicon, but a different one. Um, I might yeah, call, it, I might have caught that wrong. So no, I think you're right. Yeah, I sort of gave uh, I sort of went, oh, well, this is not. This is not Ash's Necronomicon. This is well, we knew it wasn't because you know it's seemingly they're set in the same universe, and he didn't put it where it was found. So <laughs> you know, but like you say, it is sort of quite a boring looking book. Yeah, I really love the uh, the teeth on it though, and the the inside of the book were were, were very very striking. Actually, I'm with you on that. Um, now I think about it, I. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like the teeth on the book. It reminded me of something else, um, something a lot less scary. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, all that's left to say is our our, our three tier review. Uh, where where are we putting it? <laughs> this is the bit where I go. Actually, I thought, oh shit. So for. If uh, any listeners that, that aren't aware, we have a three-tier review system here, which uh, starts with shit at the bottom, uh, goes through, ooh, that was spooky in the middle, and then the uh, the creative psychopath, which is the creme de la creme. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say, I'm not going to surprise anyone. It, it's a creative psychopath for me. I think it it's a franchise that keeps on giving, and... Yeah, I just really love this film. I was had a weird grin on my face the whole time, which you shouldn't do for a film like this, but it's Evil Dead, you know what I mean. And yeah, I just, it's one of, well, it's hard to say it's one of the best Evil Deads because they're all, you they're know, all so good. But at the same time, it, it kind of is one of the best Evil Deads. You know, it's it exists like that. And yeah. Uh, full of praise for it. Really great. Mm. Yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, I think if you'd asked me last night, I would have been really, you know, somewhere on the edge between the two. It took it took me a little bit of um, thinking about actually for some reason because I came out of the cinema not disappointed, but a bit. I don't even know really what the word is. Not fully thrilled about it. Um, but now I've thought on it, it's definitely a creative psychopath. Um, I think what it was is just that 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 
I, I, like I said before, I was getting a bit sort of annoyed about all the sort of nods to the other ones, and it was getting it was sort of annoying me a bit. Um, but I, those are niggling things, really, because um, ultimately the the main horror part of it is fantastic. It's a creative psychopath. Shut up, Mark. Well, uh, I would even go to say this is probably so far front runner for horror movie of the year as well for me. Oh yeah, certainly, certainly for me. It's going to have to be a very good film to top it, that's for sure. Oh, I agree. That's probably top of mind at the moment. Well, it definitely is. Um, let's see. A24 might do good, though. Yeah, well, that's the gauntlet that's been thrown down. If anyone yeah. can beat it, yeah, we look forward to seeing you try. Yes, because uh, let's let me not do that. Right, so I, I did ask on Facebook. Um, so a couple of people commented. Uh, El Torres said she enjoyed it last night, <laughs> which is good. So did we? Yes, we good it taste. Last night too. And Chloe said, "I like this. The peephole was a great use of perspective, and I like the little nods to the franchise." Yes, yeah, uh, the peephole was good, and <laughs> there were some nods to the franchise that I quite liked. So, <laughs> yeah, I think. When they got the balance right, the nods were great. Uh, sometimes you just they just took it a smidge too far. Yeah, the, there were some things like um, when they think that the mum is dead. Um, at one point, her makeup seems very Evil Dead. You know, like from the original, it's got it's very white and very um, almost fakeish. Uh, they don't show it for very long, but I thought, oh, that's that's quite a good little nod. Um, or maybe I was just making it up in my brain. <laughs> anyway, that's the bonus. We've done it. We've made the bonus episode. Um, so all you need to do now is listen to the rest of the episodes. Yeah, uh, like, like, share, and subscribe. All the usual podcast uh, guff that people spout at the end of these. Yeah, now you've got your drink or side. You can go enjoy a sandwich. Yeah, um, and come join us on our Facebook group. Just search for Creative Psychopaths. And do the same on Instagram, Twitter. You know, you, you'll you be able to find us. We're, we're not difficult. Yeah, yeah. Ending's the worst. Let's go. Bye-bye. Bye.